time for another episode of MPO Sports Podcast. This is Tim from MPO. I'm joined today, or tonight even, by Jeremy, Aaron and Phil, which I will let speak shortly. It is the 7th of January 2021 and it is 8.15pm and we've hit record. Just before we go any further, my usual rant, and I'll tell you what it is, I am sick to death absolutely sick to death of sports fans that criticize other other oh sorry sports people that play professionally and compare them to once in a generation players prime example timmy payne cannot do a freaking thing right behind the stumps everyone compares him to gilchrist well by g by jingo he was a once in a generation player along with two teammates in Shane Warne and um, glenn mcgrath Stop comparing players to once-in-a-generation players. It's just a waste of time, waste of energy. You've got better things to do. Go go get a McHappy meal or something. Just piss off and stop it. All right, now, <laughs> how are you, Jez? Uh, yeah, good, mate. Uh, maybe you should have go get KFC or something. Yes, $16.95. <laughs> and they still gave me a chicken wing when I said no chicken wings. Anyway. Hello. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Woody? Um, i I've got no fast food outlet to plug, actually. So, sorry you've got, about you, that. You've got Maggie Noodles, that's about <laughs> And Philip, I believe yeah. you're actually in person this time. I am in person. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'll, I'll just plug, I don't know, <clears throat> Domino's Pizza, just for the sake of plugging some just fast food. No one outlet. else is going to talk no, about it. No, no one else is well, going to talk about it. What about Cheesy Crust? Yeah. No, Cheesy Crust, yeah. Or we, deep, yeah. Deep pan. Hey, look, if we don't at least get a Simply Cheese pizza out of this, I'll be very concerned. <laughs> yes. And actually, if, just before we go on to our first segment, if there's anyone out there that runs a boat hire company, if you can do better than $25 for 15 minutes, we may have a customer. All right, time to move on. And we'll, we'll start. This will make sense. Later. Yeah, we'll. We'll um, move on. We've got USA Sports and NBA, and there's been some surprises, Jeremy. Um, yeah, I'm going to get to those surprises, but basically what I'm going to do right now is just throw out things to Woody and, uh, and see where we sit on it now. The Nuggets, Mavs and Blazers are out to, the, out to a slow start, Woody. Are you still believers in them? Um, I think so, yeah. I think they've shown last season what they're capable of, and they've pretty much come back with very similar rosters. What have the Blazers shown? Apart from going sub-500 <coughs> and making the 8th spot last year. Um, yeah, they're probably disappointing if you look at the way they finished last season, the way they've started this season. Um, but they didn't really set the world on fire last season. They just finished strong, and I think... Um, a lot of people got a bit too excited about them in the bubble. Yeah, and, and the, what they do in the off-season, um, a few experts were very high on them. I'll, I reserved my... Uh... Well, what did they really do? They brought in Enos Cantor. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the biggest move they made, wasn't it? That's, um, that's about it, yeah. If, if your biggest acquisition and is and Enos Cantor... And if Enos Cantor's high on a pick and roll, he's a, he's a liability. He might as well be a turn Don't get me wrong. I, I really like him as, as a backup centre. But if he's if he's what you're pinning your hopes of improvement on, um, you've probably got bigger issues to address. Uh, but yeah, uh, but so you're not concerned about Nuggets, though. They've got Jokic and Murray. They're too, they're yeah, too, too good, good, not too. Yeah, they're too um, good, not too. Let's, let's not get carried away. It's a 72-game season. Yeah, same, um, uh, same with the Mavs. Same with the Mavs and Luca. 
Um, Porzingis will be back in probably the next week or so. I'd like to think Porzingis has he struggled a lot for um, <coughs> consistent games um, with injury, but what they have shown is him and Luca have an undeniable chemistry when they're both out on the court. So I don't think we have to worry too much about them. Yeah, I think give it time they'll be they'll be up there again. Um, also, a few surprises in the standings column. Um, your Orlando Magic, Woody. Six and six two. Six and two oh. at the moment. Um, are you a believer? When I say believer, like at what levels of believing are we? Do we hit? look? My my expectations coming into the season were probably just to sneak into the playoffs again. <clears throat> given that they pretty much came back with the same roster, they didn't show a lot of ambition in the off season. Um, but I'm going to have to readdress that after today with uh, Mark Alfort still in his ACL. So that's a massive loss. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond the next week or so. Um, and then I'll reserve my judgment. <coughs> and another team, the New York Knicks, are also 5-3. and three. Um, I'm going to ask myself this question. Jeremy, do you believe in the Knicks? Uh, Jeremy, no. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, when you get out the first uh, 8 or 10 games, you're going to have a few ordinary teams with decent records, mainly because who they play, where they play. I think you'll start to you'll start to sort out the wheat from the chaff probably about January, um, probably February in this shortened season. Yeah. Seventy two games. Um, what I have liked about the Knicks though is the seemingly massive improvement from last season for RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett's been great. Um, yeah. I actually watched a bit of him at Duke, and I thought he would probably be the better player out of the ones that got drafted early. Um, and he's well on the way there. The trouble for the trouble for RJ is that he got drafted by the Knicks. So That's he, the issue. He was pushing. He was pushing it uphill from there and in. But he's he's actually starting to break out this year, which, which and would so be, is Julius Randle as well. He's finally really starting. He would be. And put this, a couple of good games together. This would be heartening for Knicks fans if you're still out there. That's right. If they if they played these two were together and played like this last year, they may have been in the mix to get guys like KD and Kyrie, but they've um. Probably left it a year too late for that. That's another matter. Um, Toronto, can they break out of their slump? Or or are they who <coughs> they look like that? Um, I actually think they are exactly the team that we're seeing now. I think they've had their couple of good years, and um, I think this is what we're going to get from them. They uh, lost Marcus Ol, uh, Marcus Ol, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, of course. Yep. Um, and Serge Ibaka yes. a very important part don't underestimate how important that Ibaka loss is yeah I don't think you can replace Ibaka with Aaron Baines and that's not a, not a like for like it's not and Baines is handy but he's not going to deliver the same probably intensity for as many minutes as Ibaka would no, no. Um, another one um, is it, is in the west it's, is it looking like a collision course for the Lakers and the Clippers again when I say again, Clippers didn't live up to the, the end of the deal last season. <coughs> no, they much, didn't. Much to my enjoyment, by the way. Um, but is, is it looking that way in the West? Is it looking like a collision course again? Um, you would think so, but what I would like to see <coughs> is another month of Phoenix doing what they've done to start the season. I think that might throw a spanner in the works. Yeah. Because Chris Paul has had a very positive influence on them very early on. Uh, teams, he go, teams he goes to just win. He just he? makes teams and players better, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, 
Is there um, any chance that the Clippers could beat um, Jordan's, Jordan fanboy's antichrist in LeBron James? Or? There's every chance. Um, They've still I, I, don't, I don't think, contrary <clears throat> to what you might believe, I don't think Lakers and Clippers have a massive chasm between the two of them. No, they don't. They don't. Um, I, I would I, argue Lakers are more mentally strong. But oh, anyway. Absolutely they are. Well, that, that's the proof's in the pudding there. Uh, you only saw what happened last year in the playoffs. So. And you can probably also... Um, Put that down as a factor to Montrezl switching colours as well. And also, <coughs> are you buying Philly? Uh, yes, I am. I've been big on them the last couple of years. I think it'll be interesting Phillip's to see. Philly, aren't you, Philip? Oh, will be interesting to see how um, Embiid and Simmons Creaming go long term together. Though, see if they can work out their issues. Um, they're playing well, but also T- Tobias Harris is probably playing the best basketball of his career. He's well. finally living up to that potential that he's teased us with. Yeah, yeah. And so Doc Rivers has been great for him. Um, and uh, Phillips, uh, Phillips got a bit of excitement <coughs> down there, don't you, Phillip? I'm, I'm, I'm a very big fan of um, Doc Rivers being appointed as head coach and further twenties and about Tobias and, um, and Embiid and Simmons can sort out their differences. Sky's the limit for them, in my opinion. All right, we're moving on to NFL. Uh, just quickly, I'll ask you... How we think your Warriors are going to go, Jez? Uh, they're about 500 at the moment. That's probably where they'll stay. So Interesting. A 7 or 8 <coughs> seed they might slip into? Yeah, without Clay, it's a, you, you just can't understand what a difference it would make for Clay to be on the court and for Steph not to have two people chasing him around. The yep. time and we've, also, we've already seen this early on, what you're going to get with Kelly Oubre as well. He's going to have some magnificent moments and he's going to have some horrible moments. Yeah, he didn't start out shooting the ball great. He's getting a bit better now. He's always been aggressive going at the rim and, he goes, and goes for big rebounds as well. Interesting. So. All right, so the next stage of the Jeremy Wolf show is we're moving <laughs> on to the preview of week 17 of the NFL, which is the last week. And is there still a little bit of chance for a few teams to get a wild card or make playoffs? Uh, the playoffs are done and dusted. We're oh, so it's playoffs. all done and dusted. You're a week behind. I'm a week behind. Yep. Yep. Oh, so we're up. we're geez. into the playoffs this week. See, this is what happens when Jeremy takes over a show. <laughs> you lose your variables, and people don't proofread your run sheet. Anyway, I yeah. apologise. Um, most likely to have a you don't believe in us an upset moment in round one. Who would you think? Um, I think the Browns can take <coughs> the Steelers. I, think I actually, yeah, I actually agree. Yeah. That's probably the most likely. I think uh, uh, they say Big Ben having a week off, but even for five weeks, he hasn't been looking great, has he? No, he hasn't. Um, he's definitely looked like an older version of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but in the NFC, I don't count out. I wouldn't be putting any money on it, but don't count out Washington upsetting the Bucks either. Um, I think. Look, look, look I, it, realistically, <coughs> I've got the Bucks winning that game 35 to 8 or something. Would, would Washington winning 17 14 surprise you, though? Especially if the pass rush from Washington is is on point. Yeah, they can put pressure on Brady that early. One, that's, that's one. One good thing about Washington is that they can get to Brady. Brady doesn't move around very much, and they've got a very good defensive front. But that, that's, the only, that's the only way they can get close. Yeah, and I don't see Washington winning if the Bucks score more than about 24 points either. Yeah, if it's 24. They've got to keep it very yeah, low 24 scoring. points, the Bucks haven't got a shot. Uh, the, uh, Washington the Washington football, don't, yeah. football team don't have a shot. 
Um, how do you rate the Ravens and Titans game? I think that's probably just about the pick of them in the AFC. Yeah, it is. I still like the Ravens. Um, the Titans have been very hot and cold <coughs> this year. But mind you, they, caught, they kind of caught fire at the right time last year in the playoffs, didn't they? They did. Um, I think the Titans' best, they probably just about beat the Chiefs. But at their worst, um, they'd probably... You know, if, if they're, they're in the com- NFC, they're, they're probably up, lose to the Bears. They're coming up against a similar a similar foe, if you know what I mean. So, uh, Ravens' team is predicated on the run, yes. the run game. And, and um, the Titans' game is predicated <coughs> on Derrick Henry. That's pretty much it, yep. Um, yep. If it does come down to a battle of passing, though, you have to give it the edge to the Titans. I think with Tannehill. I think Tannehill's he, a He's a much better Lamar, thrower of the ball than... Lamar's, Lamar will run around. That's right. I think... Look, I think uh, the, com- the combination of the Ravens running around and Lamar as well um, might just get him over the line. Is Lamar ball playing in NFL? No, that's, La- that's Lavar ball. Too, <laughs> Lavar ball, there you go. <laughs> I like the segue though. Yeah. Try um, anything uh, to get heard. Are we sure? Are we sure the Chiefs are head and shoulders above the rest of the AFC? No. I think if we go back the last five or six weeks, the Bills have been the best side, not just in the AFC but in the NFL. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. The Chiefs have been winning games and not by much, but could that be because they're bored and they're so I, used to winning? No, I just think. Do you think, think, when, the heat's turn, think when the Heat's turned on, they'll actually. I just actually don't think that up. they're as good as people are making them out to be. Are they as good um, as last year? <coughs> no, they're not. Their defence is supposed to be better. It is, but I don't think their, their offence is really clicking as much. Um, you yeah. look at, or as much as it could be. They've been getting away with a lot of games like, oh, it's a third and 19. Yeah, I'm going to throw mm. it to Kelsey and he'll catch it. Um, they've been get, getting getting by on that offense for quite a while now. Um, so it might, it might actually catch up to them in the playoffs. If they face the Bills, I'd probably have money on Buffalo. Just yeah, quietly. and they're very vulnerable to a running side as well. So <laughs> if, if they were to come up against the Browns in week two, for example... Um, the Browns winning with their running game with um, Hunt and Chubb, it would not surprise me if the Browns beat them because no. the Chiefs are very vulnerable to the run. Yeah, and the Browns need all their receivers in And well. does anyone give the Bears a chance against the Saints? No. That is the correct answer. <laughs> they haven't been a chance since Mongo yeah. McMichael retired. Are we sure the Bucks can't win the <coughs> NFC? Um, it's looking like to win the NFC you're going to have to go through cold Green Bay. Yes, which will be an issue for Tom Brady. Well, um, he plays in cold Foxborough, so... Yeah, but he's, he's getting older still. Um, I think the, the Packers are definitely the best side in the NFC, but then you can probably throw a blanket over the Saints, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Bucks as the next best. I think any one of them on their day is probably the second best side. So we're thinking, we're thinking uh, Green Bay and one of those four in the <coughs> NFC Championship game. Yeah, I think yeah, Green Bay are just about a lock. And look, to make there, that there's game. always there's always an upset in the first <coughs> round of the NFL playoffs. Every, every year it happens. Yep. And something and 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 it just gets throws throws in the mix. So I don't Especially think, this season too, because I if you don't look think at, this year would be any different. Well, they've got seven seven teams in the playoffs this year as opposed to the six previously. Um, Did I hear hope from the Bears fans? Eh? False hope. Um, but if you look at the, a lot of 
you look on a lot of websites and whatever, and they have the playoff bracket there. And um, I don't think a lot of people actually understand how the playoffs work this year. The bracket isn't set. So you've got the number one seeds, the Chiefs and the Packers. Um, so the brackets can move depending on the way the games play yeah. out because they will automatically play the lowest place. They play, they play the higher seeds and the lower seeds in the next round. So you don't actually know who's playing each That's other. Right. The brackets the aren't round. set. So yeah. if you are looking at those brackets, just keep that in mind. Yeah, um, just to... Give me, give me an answer. Uh, uh, Peterson, gone or, <coughs> or staying? Um, I think he stays, but he gives up the play-calling duties. Yeah. Uh, Fangio stays in Brisbane. In, um, <coughs> in Brisbane. <laughs> in Denver. Um, I think so. I think they showed enough this year at times, Denver. And uh, Urban Meyer to the Jags? Looking very, very likely the closer we get, I think. Um, Brisbane, Denver. Lamar, Lavar. No, I think close. I was closer. Close. There's, there's, there's a bit of a wrench there. Um, and the number one pick, that's a lock, is it? Would have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. I think Trevor Lawrence is packing his bags <coughs> in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields did showing up in the in the uh, college football playoffs though. Oh, through six uh, touchdowns. I still think Trevor goes number one. You don't think that I, one I think game will sway I think it's been that way for a year and a half, two years, and I don't think Nothing. it's going to one, one game's not going to change no, that? it's not going to change. Interesting. Well, wow. what, a, seg- anyway, what uh, a segment. Phil and I are just so anyway, riveted thanks, by that. Thanks, uh, thanks, Phil and Tim, for contributing. Phil was at least polite and let you um, just bang on about nothing. Um, we're up to the World Game segment. And um, the EPL's been quite interesting uh, lately. Um, the the mighty Spurs were second, I think, last podcast. Uh, we were top, actually. Oh, yeah. top last top podcast. I think we're down in sixth now. But that being said, one win gets us back up to third. We've got a game in hand, and that'll put us one point behind Liverpool. You want, you want to know what's interesting at the yeah, moment? At the top of the table, Liverpool. I'll tell you now off the top of my head, right? Liverpool and United are on equal points. Liverpool are a game ahead of Correct. United. That's why I said if Spurs win, they draw within a point of Liverpool, not United. Mm, I, I believe um, we could see a flip of the table after the uh, Burnley game. Yeah, we could. We definitely well, well, could. Uh, Man, Man United, they have to take care of the business, don't they? They do. These guys have only been taking care of business for about 18 months. <laughs> anyway. They have to just, handle their business. With all that being said... Um, you can throw a blanket over the top seven, though. So oh, one one win or one loss can mean four or five <coughs> placings at the moment. We had a discussion recently. I think it might have been um, offline so when we did the um, lines the other night, and I was saying I believe you can only look at the um, EPL in blocks of six weeks at a time at the moment. Yeah, uh, um, and how have Arsenal been going the last six weeks, Phil, your beloved Gunners? <laughs> well, they, um, won, they won a few in a row, yeah, they've won a couple. They're, ironically, their last five games have got a better <coughs> form line than Liverpool, ironically. But they're, they're still quite... We're coming from a long way back, though, weren't they? <laughs> they were. What? And, and the funny thing is, this is the interesting thing. They're only 10 points off the leader in Liverpool. Which they is, just can't score goals, though. They can't. And, and this so is realistically, the you might as well say it's four wins off them, really. Yeah, four wins. Yeah. And, yeah, and the uh, thing the is... The goal difference is plus one. There's no point in... Uh, <coughs> having 75% possession and then still managing to lose the game 2-0. Like Possession's a, overrated in correct. soccer. It really um, is. They need scorers. Um, Aubameyang, 
like I am. They're all just... They're not the same players as 18 months ago, are they? They're not. Aubameyang is great at scoring into his own net. Well, this is true as well, isn't it, mate? So that they're in all sorts of trouble. I don't think Atita's a problem. I seriously think that they need to do something with Ozil to clear up some salary there. Either play him or get rid of him, even if it is for a buck five, because... A player of that calibre, he shouldn't just be sitting around <coughs> earning three hundred grand a year for doing is he, nothing. Is he either, either be it um, deliberately or inconsequentially causing some rifts in that locker room by not, not being played and being on that salary? Is that causing some, even maybe subconscious issues in there? Maybe other players looking at him and going... Well, of course. I, I think you're bang on the money there, mate. He, he's he got some <coughs> friends at the club, but let's just say if you're whatever player, XYZ player, and you're on, and we say only, but it, you're only on 120000 a week, and you're playing, you know, week in, week out, getting belted from pillar to post, copying it in the media, copying it from all the fans, good old Arsenal fan TV, and here's this guy earning three hundred grand a week, and he's what, sitting at home playing PS Five or whatever he's doing. It's a beggar's belief how a player on that much coin isn't even being <coughs> considered, considering the issues that Arsenal have. But um, you know, Chelsea yeah. have been struggling lately as well. Which is Just imagine what the great George Best would have been doing if he was sitting on his bum, not playing. Well, uh, you know, yeah, does that give you a hint what this yeah, fellow might be yeah, up to? Yeah, yeah, de- definitely wouldn't be PlayStation. Uh, this, um, yeah, this is a, this we, a PG pod. Isn't how do you guys? <laughs> think the EPL and the FA have handled the um, COVID issues at Fulham? How has anybody around the world handled it, really? I, I think they've done well. They've just yeah. postponed a couple of games and everything's yeah. gone on business as um, usual otherwise. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the FFA haven't done well. Or the FA, sorry. FA, yeah. um, they have not handled the Cavani situation very well. Mm. Do you care to elaborate? That was the one when he um, posted, I think it was either on Twitter or Instagram, one of those sort of things, uh, what what his um, culture cons- considers um, a you know, friendly comment, right? Oh, yes, yes. And I it was interpreted this, by yes. people from another culture as offensive, but not yeah. to the person he did it to. Yes. Um, and in fact, in giving him a three-week suspension for it, because he removed it straight away when he realised the confusion, yep. he had no ill intent, he gets three weeks, it's almost... Cultural ignorance by the FA. It it is, isn't it? Like mm. they've tried to play the politically correct <coughs> card. Yep. Yeah. But I think it's, it's had, the, it's had yep. the opposite effect, hasn't it? So yep. just because one word means one thing in one culture doesn't mean that it translates the same way to another. Yep. And it's, it's very different to when. Um, so it's actually ignorant of the FA more than anything else. That's I right. Think. And it's it's very uh-huh. different to the excuse used by Sri Lanka or whoever it was with um, Andrew Simons and the monkey comments because that was derogative. Yes, and you know what? Right. This was not derogative. Not at all. This is it, just you've a, got to. You need to factor in intent. Yes. Just where we're heading in this yeah. woke society. Mm. Isn't so it? I guess what we should do is because time's ticking and it was a very juicy conversation around EPL. Is um, we sort of, I don't think we need to talk about the EPL ladder because we've sort of flirted with it anyway. Yep. But we've got La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and Champions League. Now, I want to start in the Bundesliga, and mm. I'll just pose a question to you guys now. <coughs> we we speak a lot about Robert Lewandowski. Yep. yep. Um, do you just want to let the listeners know how the uh, golden boot race over in Germany is looking at the moment, Phil? Uh, well, Lewandowski is on 19. 
and the next bloke <coughs> the next is on best 10. The next on best 10. is on 10. So he's almost doubled the next best goal score. However, in the I, would like, I would like to know how many of those 19 goals are penalties. So Lewandowski has netted 19 goals <coughs> in 14 games. How many are penalties? Um, I don't have that stat in front of me. <laughs> Because we know how reliable VAR is. He may have been gifted five goals. But if you also look at the leading <coughs> assists in the Bundesliga, um, three of the top five are also from Bayern Munich, and they've contributed 21 assists between them in those 14 games. So, I still would like to know how many penalties. I, look, it doesn't matter because we've all seen Bayern Munich play, and they are... That playing the most attractive brand of football of any team in the world at the moment. Yeah. I'd like to point out, just uh, moving on to Spain, um, <coughs> Atletico, Atletico, Atletico Madrid are two points adrift of Real Madrid, although having played two fewer games than Real. I think we might see a Atletico Madrid win the La Liga <coughs> title this year. You calling it, Phil? Hey? Yeah. Well, they're in a very handy position, aren't they? 100%. One other thing that's worth noting in Spain is Valencia. Um, <coughs> they're in 17th position at the moment. So for a team that's got they're a proud used, used history in Europe, hmm. um, they're in some big trouble. Why we're, we're um, on um, some of the other uh, great players, how is the gate going at the moment for AC? Ah... Your mate, hey? Oh, Zlatan is on 10 goals. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Not bad for a 39-year-old. Of course, well, Ronaldo's on top with 14, and he's only four adrift of uh, Cristiano. Lukaku's on 12, and then Zlatan's next best on 10. And I just want to take it back to the Bundesliga, Mm. just to give our regular regular shout-out to Borussia Mönchengladbach. I was going to ask you. Or, 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 even, and, um, or even Cristiano's full name. Of look, Cristiano, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo <coughs> dos Santos Avelio. Yeah. All right, so while we're on the names, um, I would just like to acknowledge uh, in the A-League, Central Coast Mariners' good start to the season because they have in the past been Scheisenhausen. And a, a, not that he listens, but one day he might. And a cheerio to my favourite player in the A-League. G'day, Matty Simon. Hope all's good. Well pronounced, too. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> And I actually have had a photo of Matty um, after a City game. He's an absolute ripping fella. So anyway, looks good. Maybe if, if I, maybe I, I could have a beer with Matty. So he, well he might um, ask him about his actual worth. And, yeah, I was going to say he might <coughs> be suffering. He might suffer from white line fever. Do you think, Tim? But I don't think suffer is the right word because he really seems to enjoy it, doesn't he? Oh, look, I seen him turn a game against Victory last year. Yes, he probably had two ripped jerseys out of it, and I think there was three penalty shots a goal he got in the box. But, end of the day, he was the X-Factor. Much like Dennis Rodman in his um, <coughs> piston days getting, you know, 28 rebounds and no points, yep. Matt Simon knows his role, doesn't he? Uh, look, I'll argue that Matt Simon in the A-League history is probably one guy who's got the best out of his ability. You know, he knows his ability and he gets the best out of his ability. He doesn't try to do what he no, can't do. exactly. Nope. And actually, in general, he's, we've hack- heckled him on the sidelines at the games because they warm up in front of us. And he's a great fellow. He just joins in and heckles back. He's he's an absolute ripping bloke. I'd love him at City. Anyway. Uh, so there's uh, Champions League up, upcoming this week on the 17th. Uh, back to the Jeremy show. What's going on? Uh, uh, Champions League uh, coming up this week. Yep. Uh, Leipzig and Liverpool. 
Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain. I lost interest in it when we got uh, eliminated. PSG with the new manager, Pochettino. Pochettino. <coughs> Porto with Porto and Juventus. And Sevilla, <coughs> Sevilla and Dortmund. So there's a few good games there. There is. Uh, Atalanta face Real Madrid and Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, face Manchester City. Did he say it right? Oh, look. I reckon he 90%. I'll give him a tip. What's 100%? Um... You give us your go first. No, 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 no. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Good. I can't even pronounce Smith on some of their questions. <laughs> All right, so... I thought that's what I said. Anyway, that's enough um, of the uh, BNS that's coming out of our mouths. It's time to have a quick break. When we come back, we'll hit it hard with some combat sports. So, anyway, we'll see you at the other side of the break. We're back from the break. The boys have had a few refreshments and we've managed to shut Jeremy up, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> and we're into it at Combat Sports. And our first um, point of discussion is Fight of the Year, UFC MMA. And we'll have to head it over to our guru of um, Combat Sports, who's had one kick to the head too many, Woody. Thanks for the intro. And I'd just like to say that this is actually my favourite segment. Not so much because... I'm passionate about MMA. <coughs> it's because, as Kim said before, we don't hear much from Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> anything, anything at all? Yeah. Um, We've already heard too much. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, so I want to go on to <coughs> the fight of the year candidates. Um, so just this segment will probably be more a year in review mm-hmm. um, for MMA. Um, so there's a couple of fights here that I've listed. Um, we've got Dan Hooker versus Dustin Poirier. Um, <coughs> From uh, they fought in June. Um, Justin Gaethje against Tony Ferguson back in May at UFC 249. Um, but we've got to go all the way back to March for my winner for fight of the year. And I'm hoping Tim will back me up here with this one. But I'm going to say JJ versus Wei Lee. That's wow. hands down my fight of the year. Seriously, some of the um, evening gown matches in the WWE in the early 2000s were better. But anyway, nah, <laughs> that definitely fight of the, that, fight of the year. Uh, unlike the other two <coughs> I mentioned with Hooker and Poirier and Gaethje and Ferguson, um, which towards the second half of the fight, one fighter took over. <coughs> and it was just the other one hitting <coughs> bombs. These girls just traded for 25 minutes. Um, Did the right fighter get the hand raised? Yeah, I think they did. Um, and look, <coughs> JJ definitely took more damage, as you can see by by the uh, hematoma she was sporting by the end of it. But um, she made a very good account of herself too. It's not as if she um, just got beaten up for 25 minutes. Right until the final bell, they were both swinging. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where um, a close fight like that, I suppose, you nearly got to look at the damage because it's that close, isn't it? Yeah, and look, as I said, like, it, if you look at the two fighters after it, you'd definitely say that Wei Li won, um, but <coughs> probably won comfortably, but that was not the case at all. Well, we know, and we know from a recent boxing match that you can't necessarily go on um, most damage, but... Um... Now, that annoys me too when you get on social media forums and whatever and people say, oh, just look at, look at um, you know, who got more damage or look at their faces after the fight. That's... That's usually an argument um, people with not much clue about the sport 
come Look, up with. The only thing I argue about that is it is quite possible to do more damage but have been hit more times but not get hurt. Well, that's right. Like, but you've hurt the other guy that's hit you more times. Well, you, you, you could get punched in the face 10, 12 times and just have a couple of bruises, um, but one elbow um, and you can be pissing out blood and just that... That graphic makes it look like the one bleeding more. And the goat in particular, the goat of MMA, um, basically you can't go off damage because he he lights up. He, he looks damaged straight away. What's the thing? If we if we go back to guys like Clay Guida as well, mm. um, they just get cut open easily. So just looking at them, <coughs> say, oh, they they look more bruised or damaged after the fight. That's how you get the winner. And George is a classic too. For as I said, for getting cut up and stuff. yeah, that's right. Um, but look, there's a reason. He's the goat, as you say, isn't it? So um, we'll move on from that. Um, now, I'll try and involve everyone here um, in our knockout of the year um, conversation. So the two standouts were um, Joaquin Barkley with his, I don't know what you call it, like a Taekwondo roundhouse kick. Um, it was where, actually after his foot got caught by his opponent, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then he spun around with his <coughs> other foot and just... Landed one right on the button and... And Taekwondo is the martial art of kicks, so that's probably a good comparison. And, um, yeah, he, um, he, was, he was asleep before he even hit the ground. Um, and the other one that most people talk about was Cody Garbrandt against Asensio at UFC 250, where Garbrandt just brutally knocked him out with that right hook after setting him up with his back against the cage, just as the buzzer sounded. Um, did you guys have a preference? The kick for me because he could have easily been in trouble when his foot got caught on the first one, but he was agile enough to get the kick right flush on the chin. I think if you look at most forums, um, that's generally the the consensus there, and most people. Skill wise, I think it is definitely as uh, as an athletic manoeuvre, the kick, but um, the punch had its uh, good points as well. <coughs> no, it was just perfectly timed and well set up, I think, because. Yeah, if you watch it back, um, Garbrandt's up against the cage and he ducks down um, and sees what Us and is doing and sees that he drops his hands and then he ducks down again and and just floors him with that right hook. Him, yep. um, which one are you going with there, Phil? Oh, right hook, mate. For exactly what you just said, he just waited till he was open and then he's just got him flush and he's just brutal. Put him to bed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, my, that, that, my only comment to um, say is that's what happens when you have two novices on the panel. Um, they just don't know skill, but anyway. Well, I was going to go with Garbrand as well, so you might have to lump me in that category too, Tim. Yeah, well, you've, as I said, you've had one too many kicks to the head in your yes. Mui tie. <laughs> so, um, having said that, we had a couple of boxing matches we wanted to quickly discuss before we ran out of time. Yep. Um, now, the Fury AJ... Fight looks like it's going to happen. Um, it's still up in the air as we speak, but it's gained more momentum yet again. Um, my thoughts before we go around the table is um, if Fury's going to take it on, I think he needs a warm-up fight because I don't think he's actually uh, been too active since his last one. Well, yeah, his last one uh, quite <coughs> a while ago, isn't it? <coughs> yeah. Um, Maybe he should um, have a warm-up fight against um, Aussie... Aussie Paul Gallon. Paul Gallon, yeah, just a just a quick thirty second tune up. You think? Yeah, that's all he needs. <laughs> that could that could work. <laughs> and you know what? There'd be quite a lot of Aussies that were very keen on that fight just to see Gallon get knocked out. Oh look, I'd be waiting at the press conference to sing American Pie with Fury. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, oh, very nice segue. Um, I think uh, uh, I think Fury's a professional, isn't he? I think he knows what it takes to. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you can as, still get ring rust. As Tim said, he spent well by the time they sign okay. off on a fight, and it's probably going to be eighteen months between fights with for Fury. But um, Joshua's had a fight more recently than that. Um, but who, who leaves with their hand raised? Um, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm biased as hell. I say Fury. Yeah, I'd be hard, I love Anthony Joshua, but um, it'd be hard to go past Fury as well. And end of the day, I think more people connect to Fury because he's more of a bloke's bloke. Yeah, he is. Than yeah. What, Josh is a bit more polished, a bit more... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know he, what to he's think more of him. For sort the of upper end of town, I think. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't say it's that he's a bad bloke. I just think Fury's just such a great bloke. That's the difference. Yeah, that's, that's probably fair as well. Um, speaking of upcoming fights... Um, so Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin, they're probably on a collision course to complete their trilogy after a couple of weekends ago. They both had a fight um, and they both won. <coughs> so Canelo Alvarez, he beat Callum Smith, who was previously undefeated. Um, so um, Canelo goes to 54 wins, two draws and one loss in his career now. And Golovkin just dominated... Um, his opponent, I can't even say his name. He's a Polish bloke. Um, so you can pronounce that soccer team's yeah. name, but what which is Borussia Mönchengladbach? And you can't pronounce the Polish guy's name. No, Serza Matter or something. Apologies, because <sighs> that was probably butchered. Um, so yeah, Golovkin got the stoppage there between rounds seven and eight after he dropped dropped his opponent four times. And outstruck him 228 to 59 as well. So it's probably uh, a, a long seven rounds <coughs> for the man from Poland. Yeah, there, there was another fight, which, uh, which. Just before we go on to that, what's the trilogy score between the two? So Canelo's got a win, and the first one was a draw, which are the only blemishes on Golovkin's record, actually. Were they controversial both? Yes, they were. Um, okay. Most people think that Golovkin probably won both of them. Okay. So Golovkin's record's 41 win, one draw, and one loss, or 41 wins and Canelo Alvarez. Okay. Now, this is a segment that Jeremy doesn't often um, have much input because pretty much he likes to play all combat sport on um, Xbox. But um, he does have an opinion of a fight... Xbox in life. Well... But he does have an opinion on a fight that um, was quite disappointing from some of our predictions. And he's a big fanboy of one of the guys, well, um, well, the no, Grub. I call myself a fanboy. I just I had him winning. Um, Tim and I went to the effort of actually purchasing this fight. I, so Tim had the pleasure of my company uh, when, uh, when we did the fight. And, um, and uh, just by the, I'm, a, I'm not a boxing expert per se. Actually, not at all. So... All I could gather was that uh, Gallon was getting in close to Hunt and getting some good shots in, and Hunt was not moving a great deal and looking to land that knockout blow, which he has in spades, by the way. And he was able to catch Gallon a couple <coughs> of times, but just not enough to what e- was, even send him to the camp. What was your terminology for what Gallon was doing in the ropes? Getting in close. Yeah, no, but what, what were you talking about his punches? What did you, how did you describe them? Oh, jabs or... No, 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 no. What was the word you used? Points or... No. I... You might have to spell it out for him, Tim. You were talking about, um... Oh, 
well, I can't remember the exact word, but my point is, the way you said it, well, you were saying like Gallon knew what he was doing, etc., like that. However, my argument is, none of them hurt Hunt. Hunt wasn't uncomfortable. Hence, hence why, because there was no knockout, Gallon ended up. Gallon actually the could have convinced people that he was a boxer, actually, because he actually surprised me with how how technical <clears throat> he was. Yeah, but I actually think, to a degree, Hunt allowed him to do that. Uh, I think Hunt was gassed after about three rounds, just quietly. But he may have been it gassed. It went too hard too early. It went too long for Hunt. Um, he, he may have been gassed, but he, yeah. he was never in any trouble. Hunt needed to land that blow in the first two, two and a half rounds, uh, or it was going to be uphill sledging from there. Look, put it this way, I would say that... Um, Young Paul Gallen would have um, gone home and said, "Thank you, God," even though he won. Yeah, it's very fortunate that he didn't catch him <coughs> with one of those uh, one of those shots because he was throwing him quite viciously. Well, he did catch him a Mr. couple of times, but he didn't want to go in and kill, and just, which makes me think Mark was saying to himself, "He can't hurt me. I can take seven fifty, win or lose or draw." I just and I think that's why we're doing sports entertainment. Quick recap on Tim Zoo. Then his fight? Oh, well, he uh, made very light work of it, didn't he? About a yeah, minute and a half, I think it went. It was literally left, right, good night. Uh, okay, we move on to sports entertainment. <laughs> we can. Now, <clears throat> sports entertainment, for those that um, don't like it, suck shit. Um, <laughs> I actually, but, but there are people who do like there it. There are a few listeners that do, and I feel, feel it, brothers. Um, just want to... Firstly, uh, acknowledge that um, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, real name John Huber, unfortunately passed away with a lung infection of some form not related to COVID-19 at the age of 41, leaving behind a wife who was also mixed up in the indie wrestling business, uh, Brody Jr. And I can't recall the name of the younger one. Um, so two very young boys. AEW did a brilliant job of sending him off um, and Great, uh, allowed yes, young yeah. Brody to be involved, and it was great to see young Brody hit hit um, the resident dickhead with the kendo stick, <laughs> which was brilliant. And he was just carving out a nice career for himself <coughs> in AEW, wasn't he? He was, yes. He he, he was definitely um, well. Listening to the Chris Jericho podcast, which was a tribute with a lot of the AEW stars on it. About their thoughts on Brody Lee, they pretty much believe he was leading the Dark Order um, in in a rock, which is their little group in the right direction. But uh, interesting um, that um, tribute show actually outscored Raw on the ratings. So um, I think we're actually got to ask the big question of the way Vince McMahon's running things, seeing he's had a lot of wrestlers jump ship and go to AEW because of his control freak um, attitude. And um, recently, in the two major demographics that actually count in um, the ratings for wrestling, because these are the guys that are going to spend money during the ads and that sort of stuff, uh, 18 to 49-year-old males, Raw scored 0.2 compared to AEW 0.3. And in the 18 to 34 male demo, Raw scored 0.46 compared to AEW 0.57. Now, normally AEW... Uh, beat NXT, which is the Wednesday Night Wars, as yeah. has been referred which to. Is, which is very good for a fledgling co- company like that. Yes, mm. yeah, and um, I think the difference is Tony Khan actually cares about um, his employees. And 
it's like WWE have gotten by on writers. <coughs> this is a wrestling terminal. <coughs> Not a lot of people get it, but <coughs> WWE have got along on writers, whereas AEW are getting along on bookers. Mm-hmm. Now, what that means is they promote bouts and book bouts. Uh, they don't have any of this fluff in between it. So essentially, <coughs> matchmakers. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was done in the old days. Um, it's it's run more yeah. like a sport than entertainment, but yeah. it still has that sort of entertainment overlay, but yeah. not to the extent to the dramas of the days our lives of the uh, WWE. Yeah, which WWE had a good had a, did <coughs> have its great points for doing that sort of that sort of thing. Don't get me wrong, um, it just doesn't seem to be working in this this day and age. No, and that's the thing. Um, what you've got to look at in general when comparing both lots of um, ratings, it's a fledging, um, falling away sort of um, niche now. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to count out Vince McMahon. He's done it before. Yeah, the problem what Vince has in this situation, it's not going to be like an ECW or a WCW where he can just buy it out or go like that. The Khans have as much money, if not more, than him. They do have a lot of they do have a lot of dough, the Cairns. And um, Vince has lost multiples of millions on these stupid um, versions of NFL that he's tried, and he's trying again. Yeah, he lost a multiple millions <coughs> against WCW <coughs> as well. So mm. I myself, I'm not willing to count him out. Well, I pretty much think it, he's um, on his last legs because this time round, the money is passionate about the wrestling. In the past, with WCW. The money wasn't necessarily totally a wrestling enthusiast. Uh, Ted Turner was. Yes, but in the end, the way things played out with him yeah. backing off, getting when older. Back, and when that, he backed off, it was. <coughs> that's Ted. right. Yeah. Where with Tony Khan in charge, he's um, mad wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, AEW is a quality product, and they're actually doing very well at the moment. So. I, and I'm biased because I actually watch it every week. <laughs> anyway, that was. A sports entertainment segment and see um, yet again we've got to think about these things because Jeremy was flowing again alright so now we're up to cricket and um, the first thing I have on my little list here is the Australian Cricket Board or selectors we're referring to and the top order now have they done much to rectify it in the test that's currently playing that started today well they've changed the whole top order <coughs> I think they have and I like what they've done mm-hmm. um, so Pekovsky's come in Looks solid, didn't he? Um, I think he, he made 62, I 62, think. That's yep. a very good debut. Um, yep. And as expected, India softened him up with some short stuff early on. <coughs> um, but he, he managed to get through that. Um, Warner opened as well. And Warner did what Warner does and plays at a ball that he shouldn't and goes out early. Hmm. Um, what I like, though, is Travis Head's been out of form. So they've, they've dropped him and they moved Wade down to five. And I think if Wade's going to be in the side, that's the best spot for him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, head's been awful. Uh, uh, he's had some mates as well. He hasn't been the only one. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been the only one who's been awful. Well, Labashay and <coughs> Smith have been he's, very uh, ordinary. But Smith's turned the leaf. He's played um, himself into being expendable. They both, I think they both not out at stumps today, Labashay and Smith. Yep. So they've got a chance to go on with it. Yeah, I, I heard a question... Uh, um, Actually, Philip posed this question. Yeah. Have we seen the best of Warner? Um, <coughs> there, there are people with foot in both camps, I think. I think he's too talented to actually leave out of the team. Um, um, I'd yeah. argue he's the modern-day Michael Slater, and I think his test days are numbered. 
Yes, yeah, so well, it's a different match this series. Yeah. He made 95 runs in 10 innings, which is an average of 9.5 mm-hmm. runs. For opening batsman, that's unacceptable. And during 2020, I don't think he played that many tests. I, I, I couldn't he did, find uh, he, did hit a, <coughs> he did hit a 300. He did. Um, I just think that, yeah, he's... Best and worst is staying to the gap start to... I actually think Slater's a good comparison. Yeah. They bat very but similar. They'll hit the ball from first ball, and you just can't necessarily afford that as The no difference, no. I think, was that between Slater and Warner is <coughs> Slater actually had much more of a technique to fall back on, mm-hmm. whereas Warner doesn't. Warner's sort of... Um, well, didn't want to get out sort of Didn't player. he debut in T20 anyway for Australia? Yeah, he did. Well, he got, he got his test cap... On the back of his 2024. Mm. Yeah. Um, which actually, I'll pose a question to you guys on that. So we've had Head, Labashang and Smith out of form. Um, and obviously dropped Head. But do you think Cricket Australia's got it wrong with their scheduling, having the 2020, the big bash, played alongside the Test Series? Do you think the Shield cricket should be prioritised and played alongside of it? So <coughs> guys can go back to Shield and get some form? Or... Guys in form from Shield can step up into Test cricket if, well, if someone gets dropped. I mentioned my theory on the Big Bash to use guys off air when we did the lines the other night. I and obviously player availability is the issue, but the best way to play the T20 is to have one venue and play it over a couple of weeks and have it as a tournament. I don't and rotate it every year. I don't think doing it, you know, one one team's playing in Perth, then they're going over the Tassie. So the bubble I, war hub scenario. Yeah, 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 but with crowds when you let out yes. crowds. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, like, for example, you could play it, depending on AFL scheduling, you could bloody nearly play it, depending on what time of the year you do it, under the roof at um, Marvel. Renegades play home games there. I like the idea of, you know... Shield cricket being on around the same <coughs> time as a test series because they're both the, the long form version of the game, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, players are in and out of form, you can. But uh, we, we've seen from the Aussie selectors in the past, Shield form doesn't necessarily Unfortunately not. correlate into being. Probably selected. depends what state you hail from as well, unfortunately, <laughs> which was probably a bit of a shame. I'm going to take this on a little bit of tangent that. with that, though. So. Let's say, hypothetically, next year they decide to play the Shield stuff in conjunction sure. with <coughs> the Test Series. Given that Channel 7 have the rights to the cricket and the rights to the AFL, mm-hmm. would it also make sense for them if your big bash stuff, and we'll use Tim's scenario mm. of the hub, hub life, would it make sense for the big bash to be played after the summer of cricket yeah. or the Test Series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Channel 7 can capitalise the ratings um, <coughs> sort of late January, early February, yeah, yeah, and then roll on straight into the footy. It would just be just be grand availability. That's all. That's the only thing that fall, that fall but over. But with Tim's scenario of having it played out of only one capital city... And they used drop-in bloody you don't pitches anyway. Need, you don't need a lot of availability for grounds. You could you could play three games back-to-back-to-back at the one and, venue. And let's, let's be brutally honest, they tend to try to stay away from the big grounds in the bloody TLC... Or whatever they call it, they say, yeah, the community. Yeah, they try to get out into the community, so it's not like you haven't got the big grounds in that three week period anyway. And you know what, you could do that with the big bash a little bit as well. You could take that to some regional venues or the smaller grounds too. I think. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, the crowds are starting to get as such. um, People are losing more and more interest in the big bash um, as the years roll by. So instead of getting the people to come to the cricket, why not take the cricket to the people? 
Yeah, so like for instance, people are watching Cobra Kai instead. Which, mind you, is a nine out of ten, just for the record. Just for the record. Um, well, what do you think of it? I'm brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. We've also the ICC um, had an awards night recently too, Phil. Mm. Um, do you want to run us through a few of those winners there? Yeah, Steve Smith was named <coughs> ICC Test Player of the Decade, and uh, my boy Virat Kohli was named uh, ODI T20 Overall Player of the Decade. And Elise Perry took all comers for the females, winning. Uh, she uh, took all comers. ODI right? <laughs> Test and T20 Awards. She's I'd actually argue out of the three, she's the best cricketer anyway. Well, yeah, she's, actually, um, on that, I seen in the Herald Sun last week, they had their top 50 players, uh, cricket players of this century, mm-hmm. um, and they had Gilchrist at number one. But, <coughs> uh, it was obviously a males only, but I would have thought that you could slot Elise Perry comfortably into the top three with her achievements. I yeah, would, I would or argue or at the moment, one, even current one. players at the moment, she's probably nearly because the best. Because yep. as the ICC have um, acknowledged, um, she's the best one-day player, test Across player and T20 player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand up. I didn't see the Dean Jones tribute bit. Did any of you boys see it? Yeah, it was really good. No, I'm just it was very simple. And, but that's and all it needed to be. tasteful. They had AB walk um, the wife. And, and the, the two, two daughters, daughters out. out. Yeah. Um, obviously, K, uh, AB, I didn't say KB. AB um, had a very close relationship with Dean Jones, so that was actually quite beautiful to see. Um, and yeah, look, his wife, his daughters, they look stunning. Um, it was sunglasses, and I think it was his baggy green out on the yeah. pitch. It was done wonderfully, simple, um, and I'm sure there was many tears in the eyes of people at the Boxing Day Test. Yeah, I think they didn't try too hard with it, and they made it exactly what it needed to be, I think. Yeah, yeah. a little bit and, less is more. And yeah. how much stock are we taking into New Zealand being the number one test team? Uh, that's about it. Um, <laughs> inc- incidentally... Um, <laughs> well, no, I think that, that's actually actually a fairly big achievement. Um, yeah. I don't that's, think uh, we should just nation, brush that off. Uh, for a nation like theirs, there's about four million people. That's... And it, yeah, that's right. They're obviously a rugby-dominant country too, so... Yeah. They've only got a few million people, and it's not even their number one sport. I, I think, think it's a massive achievement. There's probably more sheep over there than what there is people. <laughs> Might be right. Hello to our New Zealanders. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, it's just the way it is. All right, so, yeah, and also the number one batsman in Test cricket at the moment is their captain. Yeah, Kane Williamson, he's been... Oh, he's killing it. <coughs> yeah, Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Probably my only, my only criticism of him being number one is I think it's premature in the middle of a test series to declare that a team is the number one test team. That's always a rolling list, though. You get your points allocation after each test, so they're only two points ahead of Australia at the moment. So by the end of this series, Australia (coughs) will take it back. But um, it's definitely a massive achievement for New Zealand. And it's going to be good for the Trans-Tasman at some stage if we're one and two or even if we're three and they're one. Yeah, it'd be, be absolutely huge. Uh, we won't worry about any current games. Obviously, the test has started today. Yeah, we, we were two we for had, about 100. We had a brief chat about that. Yeah, yeah, and we're two for 100 and a bit, yeah, so that's all right. So we'll move on to the next segment, which is our um, very much followed um, segment, especially this week. It's going to be the Mount Rushmore of Australian box of all time. And I'll just clarify, it's not Australian-born because um, a few guys wanted to put Costa Zoo in it, possibly. And we know he wasn't born here. But, um, all right, so we might start off with... Um, Jeremy, you can go last because you'll take all the time otherwise. We might let our guest, Phil, rattle off his four boxes. Do you have four boxes, Or, or just Phil? a couple that he can throw out there. Oh, <coughs> uh, uh, for me, at the moment, uh, it'd be... Um, but this is all time. 
Yep. Yep. So it'd be Mundine, Fennec, and Costas would be. Mundine. Mundine. Um, I think so you might be the only call. one here that's nominating him. Just I've got a feeling. <laughs> I look, he's a very nice boxer. We're not saying. <laughs> did he make your list, Jeremy? <laughs> no, he did not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jeremy's list is last. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Can I, can I just say on the Mundine thing, the only time he fought a world-class fighter that was at his peak... He ended up looking at the lights. Mikel Kessler, I believe no, that was. No, it wasn't. Sven Oki. Oh, Sven Oki, it was too. Mm. That's right. Mm. And he and also got knocked out in New Zealand by yes. a Maori fella. <coughs> he did, but the the one, he thought he was good, and then he went up against Class in Sven Oki, and he was looking at the lights. Flat so on he, his I back. think Mikel Kessler, he might have actually knocked out Danny Green. That's where he might have got Could confused. Could have been. Could have been. So, Woody, do you want to go next with yours? Then I'll go. Then we'll let Jeremy have the last 30 seconds. Um, well, number one for me will be the aforementioned <coughs> Kostya Zhu. Um, as Tim alluded to, not Australian-born, but he did fight under the Australian banner. Um, career record of 31 wins, two losses, one no contest. Um, he was actually <coughs> my favourite fighter as a kid, so there's a bit of... Bit of sentimental value there. Um, he had a pathetic walk-on song, but anyway. Oh, that doesn't matter. I love watching him fight. <coughs> Tim Zoos could be well on the way if he chooses the right path. Let's see him fight someone with um, a bit of class. He first. needs to get himself out of Australia. He's got, got, the, right, got the right temperament, hasn't he? Yeah, um, going to go with Jeff Fennick as well. Um, <clears throat> I won't say much about him because I'm sure Tim will have a spiel. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so I'll leave that to you. Um, another another one that wasn't born in Australia, Johnny Famishon. Um, he was a very... Frenchman? He was a Frenchman. Good um, guess. But very, very <coughs> technical boxer. And, and very hard to hit. Very, very hard a to hit. A lot of his yes. carnage actually, unfortunately, come from the car accident when he got hit by a car. Yep, and... My last one will be Lionel Rose. Um, he had a record of 42 wins and 11 losses. Um, a lot of those losses came later in his career um, when he was well past his best. Also, too, he struggled when he stepped up in weight. He did, yes. But, um, yeah, he was a very, very handy boxer um, at his peak. And a special mention to another fighter that wasn't born... In Australia, I think Armenia, though, was Victor Chinian. <coughs> so he was uh, very unlucky not to make my list. Okay. All right, here's my four. Um, back in the day when um, the nation wasn't that old, there was a bloke born in 1895 by the name of Les Darcy, who died in 1917. He had 56 fights, 52 wins, 32 KOs, and four losses. And probably... I would imagine back then um, created a lot of interest in the world of boxing for Australia. And I think from memory he may have been Australia's first boxing world champion as well. It's a bit of a loose one um, because it says, um, I think it was middleweight or something like that, and it says um, world title and they have in brackets Australian version. So I believe if you look back in history, Australia created their own world title. Back then, obviously, because the logistics of travelling and whatnot, that I would get. I don't know the history. So it might be something for um, any listeners out there to maybe let us know via social media what 
what that means. Let, but, let us know if we were wrong. Yeah. We'd be happy yeah. for the feedback. Yeah, always love to be told we're wrong. Um, my number two is Jeff Fennick. 33 fights, 29 wins, 21 KOs, three losses, one draw, and one of those losses was absolute bullshit um, <laughs> at uh, Princess Park, I think it was. <coughs> was it Princess Park? Was that the Hollywood one? Might have the Las Vegas one, and then the repeat, he got... Um, <coughs> he was a done fighter mentally. Um, but also, too, with Jeff Fennick, you've got to remember, when he first started, he could knock out guys at will... Um, but had trouble with his hands, they were like chalk. I remember him winning one, uh, defending his title one time after the third round, he had two broken hands and he still convincingly beat the guy on points. And it was still daylight between him, that's how good he was. Number three is, I uh, won't say too much about the man scene, he's um, left his wife and kids and gone back to Russia, but Costa Zoo. And my number four is, I remember when Aussie Joe Bugner made a comeback as an Aussie. And... Um, I think his record's not too bad. 83 fights, 69 wins, 43 KOs, lost 13 times and drew once. But also, people must remember, I believe he went the distance with Ali, even though he lost. Jeremy, you Uh, have a whole 10 seconds. Go. Mine will not even take that. Uh, Because (coughs) mine is exactly the same as Woody's. So I've got, uh, got Costizu, Jeff Fennick, Lionel Rose and Johnny, Johnny Fabichon. Uh, also a special shout out to Dave Sands who, unlike his namesake, was very, very good in the ring. Uh, with 87, 87 wins, 10, 10 losses and one draw, but never won a world title. Well, and I believe he was actually a Aboriginal boxer too, he by memory. He was a Koori boxer yes. and... Uh, Depending on which state he come from, he was a Koori boxer. Indigenous? Coming from a long, a long lineage of the name Sand <coughs> being handy in the squared circle. To anyone that crossed paths with me um, recently, look out, because I share the same surname. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll move on to the next um, segment, which um, is the usual straight down the guts. And um, Woody has the questions, which I um, believe you did say. Maybe the way to do it, because Jeremy's got a question. Maybe give Jeremy the questions to give to you, because he wants to fire a question at you anyway, don't you, Jess? I do. So we'll let Jeremy read the questions this time, and he can pronounce the names of the people that... Uh, uh, this, one's, this one's from a regular contributor. Uh, yeah, you read me out. Ma- Michael Briffer. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, so Michael. How are you? Yeah, we, we do appreciate your contribution. <coughs> Thanks, Michael. Um, Michael. Right. Yeah, Michael Griffith. Guys, as it stands today, who is your NFL MVP? Who makes a big dance and who wins it, please? I have my thoughts, but I value your opinions. I, I, I value your opinions. I'll gauge mine against yours. Uh, thank you and Happy New Year. I'll answer it first. No Cowboys, not the Cowboys, and not the Cowboys. So no, not Quite insightful. Have uh, you got anything more I think, value uh, to add to that, Phil? Uh, I'll say that Green Bay will win the whole damn season. And you think Aaron's the MVP? Very close to. I think he is. Yeah. I think Aaron will win. <clears throat> I think he'll win it, but I think Derrick Henry probably should win it. Yeah, Derrick Henry should win it. But Aaron, it's Aaron, uh, Aaron, it's Aaron. very much a not MVP, but best quarterback in yeah, the it's, award it's now. Difficult, it's difficult to gauge opinions on... The MVP because we pretty much know who's got it. Who's going to It's a bit it. hard not to and give yeah. an award to a bloke that's rushed for two thousand yards and he's only the eighth bloke in history yeah. to do it. But, mm. but yeah, yeah. It's, so it's who we want to win it as opposed to who will but win it. Aaron Rodgers will win it. Aaron will win it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, I think it's going to be Green Bay and Bills Super Bowl. Also, a Tampa and Bills Super Bowl would be very entertaining. <coughs> Tampa is a dark horse. I'm going to give the kiss of death to Buffalo Bills. Um, so those that follow my insights will know that um, to all the Buffalo Bills fans out there that listen to our podcast if you wish to get your hands on Woody's neck <laughs> if you inbox us on MPO <laughs> Sports Podcast um, on Facebook I'll quite happily um, forward his address they're used to it they lost like four Super Bowls in a row yeah that's right but no I think the Bills will play the Packers the Bills will win and Derek Henry I would love to see win the MVP but he won't Oh, what's the next question? Is that, was that no, you were going to pose one, I think, Jeremy. Okay, I was That's gonna... why I said what was the next um, question, Jeremy. I, I, it's not more of an opinion, but I'm, uh, <coughs> it's just, uh, more ignorance on my part. So, how would the NFL work its sponsorship with Sharon? Um, would Sharon give them the balls and also pay for the rights to have their name on it? Or would there be a bit both ways? Like, would Sharon be getting all of their all of, all of the marketing they need out of out of uh, out of giving giving the balls to? Have I missed something here? What's yeah, no, no, is this just a is little this a hypothetical? Is this yeah. a little fairy dust question, or is it actual got some substance? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, well, Sharon are the makers of the A for football. I think. Yeah, yes. right. so mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure how it works. Uh, <coughs> one of you boys might be able to enlighten me. Um, would Sharon just get just pay a lot of money and also provide the balls as well? So this is a hypothetical. Or <coughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. Without well, knowledge, I was, well, what would you think? How would you think it would play out? Um, I just think the NFL have put their logo on it because they're not big fans of sponsorship on their. Oh, no, I'm talking AFL. Sharon. Oh, oh AFL. Yeah. We all thought NFL. I don't know yeah, why. That's why like oh, no, no, I asked him if it was a fairy got, dust question or not. I've got a question about AFL, guys. Um, so, so AFL have Sharon, they use Sharon yep. balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, how do you reckon that would work? Like, so Sharon just supply all the balls there, right? Just yeah, and then they have the match, the game ball sponsor on it. Yep. So, which is Toyota yeah. or whoever it is at the time, so, Carlton United so or whatever. Them supplying all the balls. To the AFL and having their name on the footy yep. would be enough for them to get the marketing that they need. I, I think it would be everyone, mm-hmm. everyone sort of. Um, However, when the VFL plays, I'm pretty sure they use Burley balls. They do, I think. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think some of the other state VFL use Burley. Yeah, I know the Waffle definitely use the Burley. Yep, and I think um, South Australia may. I'm not don't sure quote me. About South Australia, I think it might be a deal with the state. The football. Waffle definitely do, but I just think everyone associates. Sharon with AFL anyway, so... Well, two names for me when you talk AFL were always Sharon or Faulkner, depend yeah, on yeah. So which whatever, era. Yeah. So whatever, whatever they pay the AFL plus supply all the balls, that's basically their payment. I think so. The, the, expo- yeah. the exposure's massive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it would make a lot of money for them. Oh, absolutely. I, I was just unsure how that worked. I was hoping one of you boys might be able to. Right. No, I thought so you were trying to tie it into the NFL. Oh, no, 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 no. No, NFL don't use Sharon's. I was just... Well, I that's what also, I, I knew that, but I just didn't know where you were going. See, I think well, more, you could also say Wilson as well. Yeah. 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 I think more so with the balls, like AFL probably have an exclusive agreement with Sharon that they only use their balls and yep. Sharon got compensated. Because it's obviously match day 
all sponsors for each club, like I know yeah. Hames Paints and Match yeah, yeah, or yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. year they've moved to the interchange. They were the match day. And I think you had an extra 150 bucks on the ball and you can get the actual match day for your club. Correct. Right, so. yes. I think, uh, I think uh, Don Scott was saying, I heard him this afternoon saying he got offered some money to use a Ross Faulkner ball in, uh, I think, during training or something like that. But it was like $100 or something. I believe back in the day... Like probably even before Scott, that they did use Ross Faulkner. I do recall seeing a mm. Ross Faulkner ball being I, used. I think there's quite a few players, especially obviously the ones that have come from WA, mm. um, that have actually said they prefer the Burley over the Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Well, Burley do make cricket balls and God knows what, so they don't just make football. So mm. maybe they have the uh, design team to make a good football. All right, so we'll move on to winging it, which is that stupid thing where we just come up with the ludicrous um, predictions. And I believe, Woody, that... How um, ludicrous was it? Hey, I'm finished. I believe someone's on the board. Yep. Jeremy is finally on the board after predicting that Paul Gallen will defeat Mark Hunt via decision. So it took him... Bang on. Took him a long time, but he got there. And that's really all that matters. Oh, just throw enough mud at the wall and it'll stick, won't it? So he's he's finally on the board, um, which is good for him, I suppose. But um, what have we got for this week, guys? I've actually got one wrong, actually. In the first episode, I, I think it was the first episode, I predicted that Baker Mayfield would throw for 33 touchdowns and the Browns would make the playoffs. Um, I got half of that correct, but Baker Mayfield only threw for 25 touchdowns. Okay. Well, I'll give you a new prediction. This one is actually quite feasible, and it should happen tomorrow morning. I believe, um, irrespective of a draw or a win, that we will see Manchester United clear on top. So, so by a point? It could be by a point or it could be by three points. Yeah. I'm saying that I believe the result will put them on going top. At, going at, going at the win there, mate. Well, it. look, who knows? They just lost 2-0 overnight to bloody City and some bloody um, McHappy Meal Cup game. So, so um, in the next game, they'll take top yeah, spot. Yeah, who they got? They got Burnley. Burnley, I, I believe, yeah. yeah. Alright. Um, Might as well throw to Phil now, see if he's got one off the cuff <coughs> for us. See if he can make um, probably a better prediction than last time he appeared on the podcast when he said... Danny Ings would win the Golden Boot. Dude, yeah. Oh, was it Southampton to finish top Southampton four? Southampton to finish top four. Da- and Danny, Danny Ings to win the Golden Boot. Um, it's still, still alive, don't worry. It's still yeah. alive. So you're telling me there's a chance? There's still a chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a million to one, but you're still a chance. Yeah, still a chance. I will go... Arsenal will qualify for Europe. <coughs> Arsenal qualify for... How are they going to do that? They only need to finish seventh, don't they? They only need to finish seventh. Um, They're only three points away from... Yeah, I'll say... Qualify for Europe. Yeah, whether that be Europa or the Champions League. I'll I'll say Arsenal will finish sixth by the end of the season and qualify for the Europa League. They're not going to qualify, I don't think, for the Champions League. I think Europa's probably... Yeah, Europa. And and That's why I said Europa... This right here, people, is the most optimistic I've heard Phil about Arsenal <coughs> in his life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this be outlandish, mate. That's pretty bloody outlandish, <laughs> I reckon. All right, so what's your prediction, Woody? Um, I'm going to go to the NFL again, which I do quite regularly. Um, so the New York Jets have picked two. Mm. There's a lot of t- talk that they'll look at um, 
Justin Fields um, at quarterback to take over from Sam Darnold. But um, there's an offensive lineman getting around named Penne Saul. And I think um, he'd be much more value to them than think, another quarterback. Do uh, Darnold might benefit from a bit more protection? What quarterback wouldn't? Precisely. Um, okay. I just think if you... If you give a quarterback some protection, he's going to look a lot better. So um, I think. So who, are the, look at yeah, so who are the next best paid players in the NFL apart from quarterbacks? Um, Your offensive lords. Yeah, that's right. Um, if I was a quarterback, I'd want the biggest human tanks in front of me. Well, exactly right because <coughs> I mean, if, you, if you're <coughs> if you're not a mobile quarterback, what myself and well, Donald is mobile enough. Yeah. Um, myself and Jeremy probably watch a lot more NFL than you two here, but. Um, as we know, uh, a good offensive line can make a bad quarterback look good, and a bad offensive line can make a quarterback look bad. So it's made Brady look good for years, hasn't it? Correct, yes, correct. Yes, and you just got to look at um, the Bucks' offensive line this year. Um, they're offering a lot of protection for Brady, and it's working. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, also going to stick me in NFL because I had it in my mind. Didn't know Woody was doing it. Uh, I'm going to predict a Green Bay and Tampa Bay NFC Championship game in the snow. <laughs> in the snow. In the snow. Okay. <coughs> which, so there you which go. Brady will handle because he's used to, but I'm not sure he's, if he's supported Castle. And actually, just while I'm looking through all of our notes, um, Jeremy's actually got two correct responses now because on our last one he said, despite all the speculation... Um, James Harden would start the season in Houston. So unfortunately, he didn't. I was going yet, but as so he's on the board with two. But it's James Harden, so it doesn't count. <laughs> we don't support flogs <laughs> and flops. <laughs> Timmy's not a Timmy's not a James Harden fan. Just in case, <laughs> no, just, I couldn't. Just help. in case that did not come across. Um, incidentally, I don't think I've got many. Um, I've got quite a few friends in that department. Mm-hmm. No one's saying he can't shoot the ball. But and just while we're on the um, subject of Jeremy getting things right, um, we'll also mention that back in episode nine, he said the Cardinals would win the NFC, uh, NFC, win their division. Sorry, so um, you were, you were wrong. Yeah, I was uh, not the way. NFC East. I was, a fair, I was a I was a fair <laughs> way off. <laughs> in fact, the whole country off. Um, Are we um, right to move on to the next segment? Yes. Okay. Oh, a new segment. You want to introduce? No, we've still got other segments first. Don't oh. jump the gun. All right, yeah, okay. That was winging it. We're now, oh, think, yeah. we're now on to It's Only Money. Oh, we've got, got our multi. We're and there is what, and I do actually have a point to say, ching, ching, thank you, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. Because um, with Phil's assistance, we all put a leg in last podcast and put a tenner at $19.70 something. And guess what? It come up, so you listeners out there need to actually take a bit more seriousness when listening yeah, to our um, little predictions nice, around the betting. Okay. Not that we condone betting, and if you do have a gambling habit, there is gambler's help out there. So do not, please. Do not bet beyond your means. And, and, we, right. and we know that uh, <coughs> Philip isn't going to see one measly cent of that 190... 90. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but thanks anyway. No, that <laughs> is fine. That is all cool. <laughs> but if we have a decent um, you know, kitty at the end of this season of MPO podcast, we might have a 
breakup party and he may get an invite. One craft beer. Yeah. 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 So seeing, seeing Jeremy's trying to squeeze in a new segment, um, we'll go off Jeremy's leg first. All right, I've got... Um, what did I have, what did I have again? Oh, Jeremy has <laughs> the, oh, yeah, the Saints. That's right, yes. Yeah, so, I'll read it out to the, the Saints at the line of 9.5. Minus 9.5 against yeah. the Chicago Bears in and the first round match. For $1.89 was the last time we read it. Yes. What did you have, Woody? Um, I've gone um, with a safe option here. I've got um, <coughs> Manchester United to beat Burnley just outright. Tony so Bain's you're saying that United will be on top of the ladder? Well... In a roundabout way, yes. Mm. <laughs> I have got the Ravens to win between 1 and 13 against the, uh, the Titans, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, paying $2.53, which piqued my interest. Very, very juicy. <clears throat> well, talking about juicy, I've got two mangoes on the go here, compared to Phil's. <laughs> I've got, um, and this is on the 7th of January, I think. I've got Man City um, at minus 2. To uh, beat, um, I can't remember who they're playing now. Brighton, uh, Brighton, Brighton that's right, Brighton at $2.63. And if you tell it all up, it works out to about $17.60 according to my calculations. According to Sports Bet, it's about. Um, $17.17. Yeah, which I, I don't. $17 plus change. Yes, I don't necessarily agree with their mathematics, but that's all right. And um, just before we go, um, Jeremy wants to do a little bit of an ab lib. Um, segment in which we are going to call Parenting 101 and um, Jeremy, hit us with it. As you know, all all of us boys have kids. Uh, So so they bring us great joy, but also bring us great frustration. (laughs) You would would agree, wouldn't you, boys? On occasion, yes. Now, the family and I, we decided we we got friends staying down in Warrnambool having a holiday at the moment, so we thought we'd I had the day off yesterday. Yes, that, that is unbelievable. Jeremy does have friends. Continue. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so we took so we took a day trip down to see to see them. Um, so to, so uh, to those of you who don't know Warrnambool, uh, they've got the beach there, and over the road they've got a Lake Patobe as well. Mm-hmm. So we're um, with many many playgrounds which the kids can run around. So uh, we're playing at Lake Patobe, and my twelve year old son. I think pretty much from the moment we got in the car was badgering me about the, the uh, going on the little motorised boats in Lake Pateau, uh having a little having a little ride of it, um, uh, and you know, because I'm not the I'm not exactly the hardest dad on earth. Not the hardest person on earth, mate. You no, so you know, I, so I, I went for a walk to the car. My son come with me, and he's looking over the boats. I'm like, all right, mate, we'll go have a look. Mind you. $25 for 15 minutes to have a little ride around the boat that you can't even make go fast or slow. All you're doing is steering the boat. Um, they think you're printing your own money at yeah, that point. Yeah, they yeah. would be printing their money there. That's, anyway, they took a bit of mine. So I, so I thought, all right, well, all right, to hell with it. All right, Patrick, let's go. Let's just hop in. Let's hop on the boat and have a, have a ride around. So and um, so the all the rest of the guys, including the wife and the other kids, are playing at the playground, yeah. adjacent to this lake. So we, uh, we're actually turning the corner, and the wife sees me and Patrick in here, which you would think she'd wave and be impressed that her son was in the was in the boat. Far from it, in fact. <laughs> was she hurling abuse? She was actually uh, quite perturbed that her husband was uh, just out of 
with no notice whatsoever, just, <laughs> just, just pottering around in a boat. Well, was she concerned because you hadn't had lessons at Shane Race swimming? Uh, not exactly. Um, she was concerned that uh, the other two children were not involved, and only my eldest was. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I'm driving past her, and I thought, okay, I might get a wave or something. No, I didn't get a wave. I got a, I got a, uh, I, I got a I hair dryer film. <laughs> 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 she was hurling abuse at me. Now, these, these boats have motors, so they're loud as hell. So anybody talking to you from the outside, I can't hear what's, what's, what's going on. So I'm, I'm, well, I'm trying to steer the boat at the same time because my son's got the, his hand on the wheel and almost heading towards the land. So I have to, have to try and straighten that up. All the while, my wife's hurling abuse at me from the bank. I can't hear a single word she's saying. All I, all I can do is hear, hear her, watch her lips move, but I pretty much... Made out what she was saying. Uh, you uh, almost needed Kevin Hart to teach you how to get hard. Oh, I know. Like, seriously, so, didn't yeah. he? Um, so, uh, so I'm driving past her. She's hurling abuse at me. The um, the motors are going so loud, I can't hear her. So I'm just going past, putting my hands up on my ears, saying, I can't hear you. Did that infuriate her so, anymore? Uh, it may have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we keep on, <coughs> we keep on driving past. Um... Luckily for me, though, my two younger children were playing on the playground and were completely oblivious that my son and I were out on the boat, pottering around. Until your lovely wife was hurling abuse, probably. No, even then. Okay. Even then, they were very much into the focused into their own area in the playground, not even knowing. So I got so we got out the boat. It was like nothing ever happened. Um, the wife's like, for God's sake, don't tell the other kids about the boat. When she heard it was twenty five bucks. And I lived up to my end of the bargain. I didn't tell the other kids about the boat. Patrick did. However, <laughs> my twelve-year-old being quite a, quite happy with himself that he got a boat ride with Dad had to uh, had to repair the story uh, to his brother and sister, <laughs> which uh, which my, which my little girl came up as we were walking past the lake again. Did Patrick get a boat ride? I'm like, well, not exactly. Uh, so. Exactly. I might have told a little, little white lie to my daughter. You no, no, I, no, no, I didn't. I, no, all I kept saying was, "Look, I'll get you something after. I'll get you something after." Um, and she heard like McDonald's or something, and that was enough to suffice. So, oh, there we go. So, um, all's well that ends well. Probably not me, not me and Kim, by the way. <laughs> was still working on that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only joking. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, getting, a, getting a abuse held at you by your wife, with, uh, especially when you can't hear exactly what she's saying, it's probably, I think it's probably a dream of all the Australian men, just quietly. Probably would be, I mm. Anyway, well, um, now that we've woken up again and oh. um, enjoyed Jeremy's little um, story. It was a great little story. It was a great little story. Um, if people have got some um, parenting stories for our Parenting 101, feel free to let us know on Pretty social sure media. after that we're out of time, aren't we? Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we've gone over time. Yeah, yeah, So, oh, yeah, no, so one, of you, one, of you, one of you three boys come up with a parent corner next. Uh, next I next, think that might be the way to go, yes. Yeah, yeah, all right, sounds good. Um, so anyway, it comes that lovely time when it's time to say goodbye, which we probably should have said about 20 minutes ago. Thanks, Josh. Um, thanks, Josh Watson, who does all our editing and puts together what you... Lovely listeners out there um, get to listen to. He utilises the music of Zaggy 2 uh, for the outro and intro and sometimes the halftime music. So thanks to both guys. Um, so a Turu from myself. Turu from Jeremy. 
Huru from Aaron, and let's thank Phil for joining us again. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Huru. And um, stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>